This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician podcast. I am so excited to share the continuation of last week's interview. I'm speaking with Dr. Isabel Amig. She's a rheumatologist and an all-around amazing human being. She has such an important story to tell, and she drops so many gems as she's sharing it. If you have not listened to last week's episode, go and add that to your playlist after you finish listening to this one. I'm so excited to share this with you. Let's dive in to part two. So you're, you're working, you're climbing. So there, there was a friend who was like, but you have stage four, what are you doing here? And I looked at her and I was like, <laughs> as far as I know, like as far as I'm looking here, I have more energy than anyone in this room. Mm. She looked at me and she's like, yeah, you're correct. And I was like, until I don't, why should I not use that energy in the things that I love, including seeing patients? Yeah. And then just like after the first chemo, instead of going home again, I've I still feel a little bit guilty about that because my kids are amazing. But at the time, it was just so much. And I think there was a lot with my ex-husband. Like it was, I think we were just not on the same page about education. And so there was a lot of conflict on that. But so I preferred to go climbing instead of going home mm-hmm. after the first chemo. But that was so powerful because I had chemo in my veins and I'm climbing. Mm-hmm. And I'm climbing something hard, it's overhang. So you're like going up and, and I'm like, wow, I'm not dead today. Not today. I'm not dead today. And that was just like the first time that I had this superb realization of this is being grounded and this is being mindful. And if I can get there all of the time, if I can see where I am right now at this moment, I don't have to fear as much. So yeah, the first pet scan, the second pet scan, clear, everything gone, everything gone. Right. So, so for, for the cancer, you had chemo and then did you have, did you need anything else? I did the whole thing. <laughs> everything? Everything? I it, it was cool. I mean, it's, it's, I had the choice and then you're like, do I? But we actually learned later that I had BRCA, which is a little bit uncommon. Usually BRCA is, it's triple negative. It's, and it's, it's cool for me that I found that we had BRCA because My mom had had a breast cancer, but she was 52 when she had it. So that is why for me, I was like, yeah, I don't really need anything. Mm -hmm. Because in November, I had a breast exam (laughs) by a nurse practitioner, gynecologist. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good. And it's cool, right? We found out a BRCA. And so in a way, I'm like, we prevented possibly ovarian cancer in my Mm -hmm. mom. And that for this, I'm so grateful. I'm I'm really grateful because she is at the age where it could have happened. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm so happy. 
So we found that much later, actually. I had already finished the chemo and I, oh, by the way, you're brachia. <laughs> and it is so funny. I love this oncologist and I, I couldn't follow her because switched insurance was too bad. But but she's almost laughing when she's like, oh my gosh, look, you're brachia. <laughs> I look at her and I'm like, how is this good for me? <laughs> she was like, Thank goodness I'm a doctor, right? So I know the excitement of finding something. So I was like, this is an excitement of a doctor. Like, this is, you're talking as a doctor, as a nerd, right? And she was like, there's this new treatment for a breakout positive. And I was like, yeah, no, whatever. It's okay. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, oh, they're going to remove my ovaries. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. But yeah, so what I did after this diagnosis and this realization is this mind shift and just visualizing what my life could be. And, and I think mm-hmm. what you're doing with Dare to Dream Physician is exactly that. And it's when, when I told you earlier that I really hope that the story can, you know, that you don't have to go for cancer like me, kind of be like, shake it off, Isabel, <laughs> you've got to do something in your life. Maybe this story can inspire someone to just stop and be, hey, I don't want to be there. What do I have to look What do I have to do to be where I want to be? Because really, the questions that that I asked myself at that moment were so deep, right? What do I want to do in my life? Mm -hmm. What, What do I need? What do I want? So I was doing a lot of research, and I realized that a lot of the research I was doing was to not see patients. And why? Because I wanted more time for me. And then now what do I do? I just see less patients, but I don't necessarily do the research because I don't want to see patients. Mm. Like it's, it was just like, okay, I don't need a ton of money. I just need them to, to live well. It's like money. Yeah. This discussion about money, right? You start realizing you're like, I mean, you still have to live. And as long as you're okay. And a lot of my friends that are climbers don't make half of what doctors do. And they do, they live very well and they are happy. They live in their car yeah. <laughs> when they are, when they are like, they don't go to a luxury resort. They live in their car. They are climbing. They're super good. Happiness is not materialistic. Happiness is the connection that you have with people and and just realizing what's good for you, what's not. And I also realize that there's a reason why my ex-husband is my ex-husband, even though I, I loved him very much. And I'm sure we loved each other. We were just not in love. And I think at that time I was like, I want someone with whom I'm in love and that's in love with me. And I want to grow a connection with my kids. And I did. And I do. And this work with patients, I just started like really working even more deeply with the patients. And, mm. and now I'm in this place where they are so much more important than my research. Because I realized during the cancer, while I was undergoing chemo, what brought me fulfillment, a lot of it was seeing patients. Research, I stopped research completely. and. I never really missed it. I still am very interested in research and I still did something like in COVID and so on, but and I want to do something on brain brain fog and uh, post-COVID and Qigong. But now I'm much more interested in the holistic approach and uh, complementary medicine because I think that there is something there. The relationship between patient and physician, I think it's very healing, can, can be healing. It can also be destructive, but it can be very healing And I want to restore that. And I want to make sure that my patients get the best of me, right? We are talking about legacy here. I want to be in a place where my patients will be like, 
wow, this was life-changing for me to see Dr. Amy. The same way that when I saw this naturopath, I was like, wow, she heard me. But yeah, it's all, it's actually really interesting, but it's all positive. It's, it's really, for me, it was very positive. And again, I, I did have fear. It's not, I, I, even now I have fear. I have to do PET scan every six months and I do have fear. But mm. I think what's really cool is to go back to, okay, this is where I want to be. Like there's nothing here. When, when I started like realizing that at my institution, I would not be happy. I started realizing that I was I actually, it's funny. I had almost this intuition. I was like, I'm going to get sick again. What's going on? And then I was like, okay, I need to get out. And it it was, it was very difficult to get out because I love the people that I work with and it's super interesting, but I was getting angrier and angrier. And I, I just felt like I had no, no say. And then I was like, no, I cannot be trapped the way that mm. I was trapped in my life before. I cannot be mm. trapped. And so that, that's why I'm ready. I'm ready to, to believe that it's okay to be on my own and open this. Uh, so I want to open this center of hope. I call it like that to heal the mind, the body, and the spirit of patients. Oh, and wow. hopefully, yeah, it's my five-year vision plan. And it's so powerful to have this when you have had stage four HER2 positive cancer. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will tell you, you're only in NED, no evidence of disease. And I hate that word because it's almost like you're imagining the little cancer hiding. They're like, oh, I'm here to get you. And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to be in remission. And if whatever happens, happens, but it's okay. Like medicine in 2022, close to 2023 is unbelievable. And I'm going to trust that it's okay. And whatever happens, happens. At least I'm living the life that I want to live. And I think there's this visualization process of like, how do I visualize my life? And, um, you know, I found a partner that I love, that's clearly in love with me. That was very important. Mm -hmm. I have connection with my kids. I have wonderful, amazing friends. I climb and good relationship in general and love my patients. And so the only piece that was missing was like at work. And then suddenly I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on my own. This is insane. I never thought I would do this. And I don't know that I would have had the courage to do it if it had not been for this story of cancer. Some people would be like, why are you not scared if you're, you're going to be on your own? Like insurance, like no one is going to take care of the same way that they took care of you. Yeah, but I feel like I need to try. And that's really the dare to dream. Like I'm you know what? I'm going to dream. And worse for worse, I'll do low comes and I'll come back. I mean, it's okay. We're doctors. We're fine. Yeah. What's the risk? <laughs> this is so good. I, I don't think I've ever had a guest talk this long <laughs> without me butting in, but I just, I, I, I was just smiling the whole time since it's a podcast. People can't really see me smile, but the whole time that you're talking, I'm just smiling and nodding and such a powerful story. There's so many points there, so many gems. One of the one of the things that I, I didn't take notes, I should have, but I didn't <laughs> I wanted to focus. But one of the things that I wanted to highlight was how you had you had that realization. Before you got sick, you just you started crying out of out of the blue, quote unquote, and, mm-hmm. and just how you felt that there was something wrong in your life. And I think it was so fascinating that you felt that way because you met somebody that was living a completely different life. And then you were looking at this person who was free for free to travel and Mm -hmm. just did what he loved. 
and that sort of sparked it. I, I think that's so powerful that that you had that interaction and, and that was so life-changing for you. And and yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that in some way. It doesn't have to be necessarily a person. It could be like an incident. I think actually for a lot of doctors, myself included, that spark, because I also felt like I had a midlife crisis about two years ago. And for me, it was it was an event at work where I felt like I was happy and living my dream job and my dream life. And then and then all of a sudden there was this change at work and I, I felt threatened. Like I was like, oh, do I now have to move? And you understand because we, we, we move so much as physicians. So I, I was in an area that I, I really enjoy living in and I just felt like I had no control over my life. And that's what sparked my midlife crisis slash growth experience. But I, I think everybody, we need to listen to those moments when we're unhappy, when all of a sudden something happens, and maybe we think, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. And then you we feel all these negative emotions. And I don't know about you, but I've always been someone who tries to push my feelings away, because I'm like, I got I'm driven, I got to get my residency done, I got to get these exams out of the way, crying and negative emotions were just stuff that was in the way. But I think when we especially when we get to the point in our life that we were so driven, and we actually arrived there, and then now we're finding ourselves with these negative emotions. It's really important to to listen to that. And you were even before you got the cancer diagnosis, you were you, you were on your way. You were starting to listen to that. So that that to me is yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that's true. No, no, that's yeah. absolutely true. I was surprised at first. I was like, hold on, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to figure my life. <laughs> What's this? I'm trying to figure my life. Why do I have a cancer? This makes no sense. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I think I was trying already. Yeah. yeah. But it, it it was a boot camp. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then the other thing that I, I loved about what you're saying is the power of words and the power of the mind. And how even before you met that naturopath in France, how you, you know you were saying, like, hey. If I can get placebo to work for me, I'll take it. Because I, I think actually for me, that's always been one of the mysteries. Even as a medical student, you read about like clinical trials and they're like, the problem with clinical trials is that there's the placebo effect. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, is it really a problem? Because <laughs> yeah. it's actually helping. <laughs> yes. Even though it's not the drug that they're usually testing or the intervention, it actually is helping. So is it really a problem? <laughs> maybe yeah. that is actually something that we should look into. And maybe it's that intention or just that the intention of something that will improve. And that shows us the power of the mind. I don't know if we can ever figure out exactly the mechanism behind it. But I, I just find that really fascinating. For me, it was just like power of the mind. It's for sure it's the mind, right? Someone tells you, okay, this is going to work. Power of the mind. Yeah. But now how do you hack into this is the other question. And so you're like, oh, you surround yourself with people who believe. And I think visualizing is so powerful. I kept, I didn't go into this, but for me, there was a lot of left brain, right brain. So I put my left brain next to my brain, my left brain, and my right brain is actually my heart. So I remember talking, I have this constant fight in my head, but this is BS. And then like here where, but it's working because, you know, I would do the visualization, I would do the meditation and I would do energy healing. And my physician brain was like, but this is not proven. Yeah, but I'm experiencing feeling good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right brain, left brain. And the way I saw it was like, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And if it makes me feel better, if my chemo, I feel better after my chemo with this, I'll take it. 
I'll just take it. And it might be the power of placebo. Even if this is placebo, it's okay. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That was part two of an amazing interview with Dr. Isabella Meeg. She continues to share so many gems. And I feel so blessed that I had a chance to interview her. Stay tuned for next week, which is the last part of our interview. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.